Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of In the Zone. This is our 65th episode. I'm Giancarlo Alino here with Anthony Pagnello, Chris Martelli. Guys, uh, we got to start off with a little bit of a sad note because uh, one of the best players, probably the best player of our generation, guy we uh, kind of called the GOAT of our generation, Kobe, passed away on Sunday. Uh, tragic passing. Uh, a lot of tributes have been pouring out. Uh, what is your favorite memory of Kobe Bryant? The odd, for me, a lot of people say it's the 81-point game against the Raps. It's, for me, it's still the final game. 61 points in a final game against a playoff-contending Utah Jazz as a 37-year-old. I know the shots. He took an absurd amount of shots that game. I think he took like 41 attempts. But you know what? It was Kobe Bryant. I don't think he would have gone out any other way than that. I know he was very excited. Um, to follow his life outside of basketball. That's why this death is just so much more sad. I mean, he was just starting out another life, uh, being a successful businessman and a family guy. But uh, yeah, my favorite moment for sure was definitely the 61-point game he had against Utah, his final game. Um, The crowd was electric, he was electric, and he was just happy, I think, to go out the way he did and end his career on his own terms like that. So that's my favorite Kobe moment. I'll probably go with the 81-point game. remember watching as a kid, not being as into basketball, but obviously knowing of Kobe because the guy's iconic and Raps leading most of that game, but Kobe coming through and just putting the dagger in the Raps. But uh, there are very few people that transcend above the sport. You see the guys like Tom Brady and like Wayne Gretzky. Kobe's one of those guys, and you're just saying he was just getting his life started, so it's it's obviously a terrible loss. So what you guys have here? Yeah, just that 81-point game. Jalen Rose uh, had to deal with that even in the media because he even had that commercial he was trolling him. It's like, how many uh, olives do you want in that martini? 81. And then there was just a silence. Now nah, I'm just joking too. So uh, those are jokes. Uh, probably the last game too because you saw him get 60, go out like that. That's crazy. Everyone was saying, okay, maybe they'll trade him to Golden State. And nah, he just stuck with that horrible team. Got the threes, <laughs> got the 60 points and called it a career. And uh, I think that was great. And his jersey retirement, uh, it's a shame he's not going to be able to do his Hall of Fame induction speech. But if you go look back at that jersey retirement ceremony, that speech, you can use that as his uh, Hall of Fame speech when he goes in. It's inevitable. So, And, uh, yeah, all the accomplishments. Hall of Fame probably going to happen this year. Um NBA All-Star multiple times, almost every year he was in the league. NBA champion five times, finals MVP, slam dunk champ, Academy Award winner. A lot of people forget about that. <laughs> like, what he accomplished in like just 41 years was crazy. By the time he was our age, he was like a three-time champ already. I think even the, the wonderful thing with Kobe that no one really expected was – like we talk about, I talk about the last game. That was my favorite moment. But like, you got to remember the 2009 and like, I don't know how he did this winning back-to-back titles in 09 and 10. Like I, I can't, like I I was watching the other day, like the, the playoff highlights of 09 and 10. And I was like, Oh my God, like the Lakers won both these years back to back. And he was like around 31, 32 years old. And Kobe, a lot of people at this point in time were like, yeah, LeBron surpassed Kobe as the best player in the league, but still, Kobe's still winning. He's still, uh, he was still going strong. And man, when he won that fifth ring, everyone was finally putting him on that Michael Jordan, uh, on the Michael Jordan, you know, on that on that level there, where he was just that winner. He would 
he would do anything to win. And he was probably one of the best competitors I've ever seen. A lot of people, you know, we talk about Mamba mentality. You talk about um, the Michael Jordan, you know, that assassin type mode. When you get in that mode, it's over. And that when Kobe got in that mode, it, that was it. That was, The game was over. Um, we, again, we're talking about he just won an Academy Award. And uh, he was, you know, doing so many different business ventures. And, you know, he start, started his own basketball academy and everything was going right for him. I, I just need to give, you know, my condolences to, to Vanessa, his wife, losing a daughter and, and a husband is just, I, I can't really, I can't talk about the pain that she's probably going through. Like, it's just terrible, but it's just, it's so sad too. Cause like you talk about like life being short and unpredictable, and this is the perfect example of it in that like on Saturday night, we're all talking about LeBron James passing Kobe Bryant. And that night, you know, Kobe puts out a tweet. Yeah, man, keep killing it out there. You're going to probably be number one by the end of your career. And literally eight hours later, this guy perishes and he dies. Yeah, it's crazy. And like, I'm not saying the NBA has to rig this season for like the Lakers to win the title, but they they kind of need to win now, don't they? They kind of need to win the title now. I feel like it would just be a perfect, perfect year. I mean... This has been a really tough year for NBA fans and like David Stern going in on on New Year's Day and now this uh, not even a month later. It's just crazy. You know, uh, like you brought up before the paw went up, Trey Young the other night put up a stat that gave me goosebumps. He dropped 24 shots and he got what, 45 points, 81 percent from the free throw line. We could talk all day about, you know, should his jersey be retired? I think that's a no-brainer. 24, I don't think should ever be worn again. Maybe even number eight. I don't know if they want to do both. But I just want to quickly ask you guys how you guys felt about, you know, Sunday's games, what they did with the eight 24 violations. That would, to me, that was, uh, put me to tears. When I saw the Raps do that, I was like, I was, I was just like, I couldn't hold back the tears. It was, like, it was very sad, but. What were you guys' thoughts on that, on the 24-8 and eight violations? I mean, it's, um, it's nice of all the teams to do something. I think everyone had like um, did like a little video tribute, and anything that they can do to contribute to what happens, it was it was really nice. I think the Mavs actually retired. Oh, uh, yeah. They were the first to retire the number other than the Lakers. So, yeah, just awesome stuff from all of them. Yeah. Yeah, Mark Cuban, I think, did a good job here by doing that because you look at the Mavericks – they're in the same conference as the Lakers. They play each other so many times. So if Mark Cuban is setting the tone for the rest of the league, I think that's a right call. Retiring number 24. Uh, number eight, uh, maybe they won't. But I think if you're going to retire at least one number, that should be the right move for the whole league. And uh, just seeing what the players did, I don't know. I think the league should have canceled maybe the few games because they were so close to when it actually happened. And you can tell the players didn't want to be on the yeah, court. Yeah, they, they didn't want to. And already, like, Tuesday's game, they're uh, rescheduling the Lakers and Clippers. So if they can already do that for one game, I think there would have been no backlash if they canceled Sunday's games. Yeah, I don't really know um, how, like, you can cancel, like, a whole day of NBA. But, yeah, that should have been that should have been the case. Like, we saw Kyrie, like, he just left the game. He was going to play, just didn't suit up and – Man, like it, you got to remember, like these are people. Like these are, like they're they're not just athletes. They're not you know different people. These are guys that they go out there and like you got to remember, Kobe Bryant has been like training nonstop. Guys like Tatum, 
Giannis, like, Giannis deleted his whole social media. That must show how much, like, impact this has taken on him. And even LeBron, like, if you think he was playing good, wait till now, Giannis and Kobe, I mean, uh, Giannis and LeBron, wait till now. They're going to, I'm calling it now, he's going to average, like, 40 the rest of the year. I feel like every game he's going to go out there and he's just going to put his heart out on the court, and that's what Kobe would have wanted anyone to do. So it's really shit that this had to happen. Um, we all got to learn from it. We all got to just move forward. And I know Kobe would want, like, everyone to just keep playing the game and one of the best uh, one of the best leaders of all time. So I just want to ask this one question. I know it's, it's kind of – we always talk about debates. Um, you said he's probably the best in our generation. Um, is it safe to say, do you think he's top three of all time? Or would you kind of put him still outside of that class? Top, I put him top 10 for sure. Yeah. Especially guys that we saw in our lifetime. Like, I don't think he's better than Michael Jordan, but his career path, if Shaquille O'Neal stayed there, like at least two, three more, he would have been in that discussion. But I think he's just outside of MJ. And then it's just debatable. I think top 10 for sure. Go top 10. I think he's a top three scorer of all time, though. Yeah. Yeah, At his position, for sure. Yeah, just the impact he had. Even, like, winning, too. Like, you talk about winning mentality. There's no one above MJ and Kobe for me. Like, those are the two guys I'm looking at. If I want to win a title, I'm I'm taking those two. That's it. Maybe LeBron will be after them. It's just LeBron, you know, he hasn't had the success that the other two have. So if LeBron obviously did, then he'd be the best player of all time. He would have passed Michael Jordan. But that's for another day. Um, This was... uh, very sad news. We gotta move. Uh, gotta move past this. As you know, as humans, we will, and uh, this will only make us stronger. Um, so with that, we'll just talk now about um, the Royal Rumble. Uh, we'll talk about how the Royal Rumble actually kind of upset me. The match. Um, I know it was kind of. It was Brock's party. You know, he he opened it off, and I. We all had an idea. I remember I listened to the, our pod last week and I kind of made that prediction where, yeah, Brock will probably dominate. But from 1 to 15, where it's just two people in the match, I fuck, I didn't like it at all. I hated it. I thought that – I know, like, you guys, it's Brock. He's going to dominate. But it's a Royal Rumble match. It's not a freaking singles match. It's not like a gauntlet where you just have one person come out and he's throwing them <laughs> over. But, uh, yeah. What were your guys' thoughts overall on the pay-per-view? Do you want to start with the title match? Do you want to start with the Rumble? Um, yeah, you know what? We'll start with the Women's Rumble. What were your initial uh, initial thoughts on it? Not as sloppy as last year. <laughs> as, uh, but I think the Charlotte winning is obviously not that it, – okay, it's pretty predictable. We called it last week. <laughs> uh, there was just a few people that I was surprised that weren't in the actual match. But other than that, I thought it was pretty smooth. Everyone got some shots in. A lot of a lot of NXT people. I think more than last year. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed the women's match more than usual. I enjoyed it to a certain extent. Then once you see too many NXT come in, like NXT women, then it's like, okay, is this really going to be a coming out party for some of them? Because you see Bianca Belair, she's tearing it up, and that's like a big moment for her. But if you see too many NXT people come in, then it kind of takes away from it that okay, it's an NXT Rumble with some uh, Raw and SmackDown women in there. So I think that kind of took away from Charlotte actually winning it. Sasha wasn't in the match. I think that's – I don't understand why. 
uh, Lacey Evans and Bailey. So that match, I think, was after the Rumble. So you can have Lacey Evans go into the Rumble. I thought they should have had that women's match beforehand. So like that, you could have saw Lacey go in and maybe add some SmackDown or Raw. So it's like not an NXT UK matchup. Yeah, I agree. I actually agree with uh, with you right there. Uh, I'm, uh, we're watching the match, and Bliss came out number one, and Bianca Belair came out number two, and I felt like from like five to around fifteen, there were like two WWE women that came out. Like there was like not enough WWE women like Raw Smack. Like I know, okay, Ember Moon's injured. R- Ruby Riot. I thought maybe she would come back. Um, she's I guess not cleared yet. Sasha Banks, that's the biggest question mark in the whole night. I don't know where she was. I don't know what happened. If something ha- happened backstage, like another altercation, because, you know, I don't know, maybe she, she has shown her displeasure. We all know that. She's, a, she's someone that will go up to Vince and say, hey, I'm not happy with my role. Can you do something? And, of course, there's always the, is Sasha Banks injured? Um, I was really hoping she would come out. I remember <laughs> the last two were like, oh, so Sasha and Shayna? And I think uh, 29 was someone. I don't. I don't really remember who. Let me pull it up here. Um, I remember. I thought it was Sasha, and it was Santina Morella. <laughs> and, and I'm like, okay, this is cool, but what the hell? Where's Sasha Banks? But like you had Zelina Vega representing Raw, but yet again, never really wrestles. I mean, she's been in the last two, but nah, whatever. Didn't really do much for me. My um, the thing that I loved the most was actually how much impact Beth Phoenix had. Uh, yeah. I really liked that. She came in. She had that injury to her head, gushed. Like, she was bleeding. Yeah. Right off the By blood. the way, that was blood. That yeah. wasn't her freaking hair. Saying half her hair was covered in blood and nothing was dripping anywhere. That, that, was, yeah. that was an injury. <laughs> oh, my God. I think it was that spot where they were on the turnbuckle. I don't know who it was. Alexa Bliss was on the other side, so it must have been Bianca Belair. And they were both doing the same move. And you just see Beth Phoenix hit her head. But you hear the sound. I'm like, okay, that can't be – that's probably your hair. And then you look at the – oh, my God, it's getting more red. So, yeah, that was blood. <laughs> she uh, – Yeah, because I, I remember uh, it happened. And I'm like, when the – I'm like, when did she get a, like, red uh, – oh, my God. I was like, when did – I was like, when did she get a red uh, – like, a red streak? Yeah. And then I'm, I'm like, that's – no, there's no way. And then Collab was like, no, that's her hair. I'm like, I don't think it is. And then I obviously went online. It's like, oh, yeah, like they were praising her because she was actually injured the whole match and she kept going. So, yeah, good uh, good on Beth Phoenix. Also getting revenge on Natalia, that oh yeah, that yeah. little shit. <laughs> Throwing her out last year. She had to return the favor. But what were your guys' thoughts on uh, Shayna Baszler coming out 30 and just getting eight eliminations like very quickly? Oh, I fucking loved it. Yeah. Have the badass come out last, make a statement. You know, uh, a lot of people thought she'd win. Could have been a good option, but, uh, you know, this does just as much damage. She was only in for, what, four or five minutes, something like that, right at the end of the match. Clean house. Still good to go going forward. Not worried about Shayna. She eliminated Naomi, Beth, Tony Storm, uh, Zia Lee. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Zia Lee, Zelina Vega, Shotzi Blackheart, Carmella, and Tegan Knox. Yeah. All in four minutes, so... I thought I thought Bianca Belair was a standout though. I think yeah. she was she was she was in it the longest. <laughs> I like Alexa Bliss likes to touch that hair, eh? She was pulling that all night. <laughs> I, I wanted to see her like whip someone with it though. She I don't think she did it once. Ooh, saving that for Mania probably. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, that was a fun match. Predictable though. 
Yeah, I, I thought Shayna would win, but then when she saw Charlotte hanging off and she didn't get thrown over, I'm like, okay, she's winning now. There's no way they're going to do that <laughs> They did it twice, twice too, yeah. but I was like, oh, okay. That was a terrible elimination. That was underwhelming when she got eliminated, Shayna. I was like, oh. <laughs> kind of like when Roman got eliminated, uh, was it 2015 to Triple H? To Batista. Oh, yeah, that one. Like, that was, was kind of like, yeah, I was just like, yeah, okay. Like, get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, we're going to go with Bautista. Okay. Yeah, but uh, up next we had was, we could, I guess we could quickly talk about, um, do you like? Do you want to talk pre-show? We'll talk pre-show. We'll, we'll show him some love. Sheamus. Well, Sheamus beat Chad Gable in a good match. And then, of course, Andrade beat Humberto Carrillo. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about him in a, in a little bit, but how about we open up with Roman and King Corbin in a false count? And he, that was sloppy. It was. For me, a lot of people said it was good. No, I didn't think it was good. I thought the ending was botched. Uh, Baron Corbin was a little, sorry, King Corbin was a little scared there to take the bump on the, on the dugout. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, obviously Roman Reigns is winning this. You kidding me? His buddies, the Usos came out, helped. But how about Dolph Ziggler banging his head? That, that was a... That was rough. Yeah. We, <laughs> what were you guys' thoughts on this one? A little too long, but if you're going to start off a show like this, uh, better get the crowd into it with uh, King Corbin coming out, draw the booze, uh, Roman coming out and having a false count anywhere match. It was a pretty good start to the show if you're going to go with a match that you need to really fire up the crowd. And uh, Roman winning, it was just predictable. I think nine times out of ten, whenever they leave the ring... And most of the matches in the crowd, I have zero fun. So I did not like the opening match. <laughs> Sloppy. Um, then we had Bailey versus Lacey Evans again. We weren't really sure who would win this. I, a lot of people said Lacey would arguably win it. Um, so you can maybe have Lacey versus Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. I heard that would that was also a. I think Vince was the one that pitched that idea. Obviously. Um, what were your guys' thoughts on this match? I know Bailey, uh, her run hasn't been as great as people thought, but again, maybe facing a fresh face turned Lacey Evans would be great. I thought the match was whatever. Um, I know the one thing I like most about this feud thus far is how Bailey has involved her daughter so much and <laughs> making it personal, kind of like what Samoa, J- Samoa Joe did with AJ Styles with Wendy. <laughs> but yeah, what, what were you guys' thoughts on this one? Was the was the right uh, person selected to win. I think so. I think Lacey's, uh, she's got a lot of buzz right now. She's still gaining popularity as a face, which she didn't really, she didn't get a whole lot as a heel. Like, no, there was heat on her, but for the wrong reasons. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. like, I think she's doing a good job. I think Bailey's doing solid as a heel. The fact that they bring up her daughter every week and it's, it's a lot more emotional and you get the crowd involved. It's, I really like what these two are doing. Yeah. Yeah. I think Bailey winning, Especially with Charlotte winning, I think Bailey winning her match is uh, the right call because I think Charlotte's going to go over to SmackDown and maybe a triple threat match or a fatal four-way with Sasha and Lacey involved. But I think Charlotte fits into that storyline well. On Raw, they kind of teased her a little bit as being a heel, but then when the Kabuki Warriors came out, then she's a face again. So I think they're keeping her in the middle and going with the final decision once she uh, goes to SmackDown and they read the audience's reaction to it. So I kind of like that. Yeah, that's good. Um, then we had, of course, I wasn't uh, I wasn't looking forward to the stipulate like this match because of, okay, we, we talked about it. When the hell was the last time you saw a strap match? 
And when did you last see a good strap match? Like two decades ago? Probably. Like Mankind? Like A good one, I don't know. Yeah, so <laughs> so my expectations for this match were, again, predictable. Fiend's going to retain here. I love Daniel Bryan, but he's not going to win here. But the match was outstanding for me. The storytelling was perfect. Everything about it was perfect. I love when the feet, when uh, Daniel Bryan at the end of the match, he, he hit him with the strap. I think he hit him with the running knee right after. Went, I don't think he went for the pin. They were both down, and then the Fiend just got up like nothing. And then he was whipping the strap at him, and he just wasn't selling it. And then did the choke slam, and the mandible claw ended it. Perfect ending. I thought this was not as good as their match in 2014, but it's it's right there. Um, this is definitely the Fiend's best match for me. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, I love the strap match, actually. See, we haven't seen it. I think it was CM Punk Umaga, actually, like 12 years ago, the last one. But... You know, it's, uh, it's it seems fresh and exciting because we haven't seen it in so long. The story made sense because the Fiend's trying to, Brian says he's trying to run away from him. So now they're kind of tied together. Yeah. Everything made sense. It was just awesome. Those two are obviously amazing. It's going to work every time. So just amazing. Yeah. Thank God they got rid of that stupid red light. That was an upgrade. Yeah, I know. And it allowed the fans to actually see what was going on, uh, get a read for Daniel Bryan, let them... Uh, do their best in the ring they're both uh, they got good chemistry with each other so they had a good match much better than my expectations when i heard strap match so that was a good surprise on the show yeah it was good and also uh following that was another good match becky and oscar was i thought it was solid i thought it was amazing um oscar is a is a woman that like every time she's put into a position of being in a main event she delivers that's why I feel like Asuka should get a little more love. Like, she should get a Charlotte Flair treatment when Charlotte Flair doesn't have that treatment. You know what I mean? I feel like Asuka should maybe be the second coming. I'll take turns. Yeah. Because uh, Asuka, to me, I feel like she was poised to take it from Becky. Like, at any point in the match, I firm, I firmly believe that Asuka could have potentially won. And they made you believe that. But, of course, you know, missing the green mist and then doing the disarmor, obviously, that was it. But... I thought this match was actually a lot better than the build for it this time around. But the build was actually pretty good, too. But the match for me outweighed the build. I thought it was fantastic. Becky retaining. Again, a lot of people are I could kind of hear they're slowly kind of turning on her. If you've kind of if you've noticed kind of hearing a little less cheers every week, I think something has to give here. I think Oscar might win it um, in February. I think this might be uh, – I want to see Oscar versus Charlotte again. I feel like I feel like we saw it on Raw, like kind of hinting at something. I know Becky's probably not going to drop it, but if she were, I would love to see Charlotte versus Oscar. But this match to me was amazing. I don't know how uh, you guys are going to take this, but I think Oscar brings more to Becky than Charlotte does. Because both matches at the Rumble, I, th- I thought have been better than every single Becky and Charlotte match that I've seen. Their chemistry is just off the charts. The, the one match that I dis, like I, I the, the the women's like the evolution pay-per-view oh. when they main evented those two that's the best women's match I've ever seen the what was it the oh yeah it's up there was it TL, the last was man it standing? last man yeah last woman standing that was incredible that was when uh Becky literally just fell on Charlotte like the right leg, on her ribs the leg drop off. yeah okay just yeah. right on her like that yeah, was 
Oscar and Becky, every like every time it's perfect. It's it's been awesome both times they've uh, met up, and even in the TLC match too. I forgot about that. That but, was that arguably was better than the Evolution. I don't, uh, I'm not sure what they're gonna do, but uh, if they're all kind of involved. Uh, I can't really complain with that. So, yeah. Yeah, it's just now confusing. What are they gonna do with the women's tag? That's uh, because <laughs> now Mandy and Sonya look like uh, they're going towards a breakup with Otis involved, getting in on the the floor there, saving Mandy from getting eliminated. Smart guy, that Otis. Nice guy. <laughs> so, with Sonya getting eliminated the way she did, I think. What other tag teams are there? The Iconics haven't been give, on TV. Give in a them long to time. the Iconics again. Return and win. <laughs> yeah, so. I, uh, I literally don't think there's anyone else. I think I gotta, they're going to probably get rid of the titles at this point. Can they? Because I, I want I want Asuka in that main event. I don't want her floundering in the tag division. I would have said like Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai a month ago, but they broke up. Yeah. So now there's really. I think you need to establish tag teams in NXT. Like when they come up, like sign tag teams off the independents. <laughs> you know, everyone's just together as single stars, and you know they're just gonna turn on each other. You know what I was just gonna say, but then I just remembered. I was gonna say, why don't they do Natalia and Beth Phoenix? <laughs> and then I'm like, oh wait, no, you can't. <laughs> so I don't. Yeah, really, there's nobody. If you think about it, are you gonna do Sarah Logan and a returning Ruby Riot? Sure. You're gonna have to wing this one. <laughs> Sarah Logan and uh, Liv. The new Liv. Again. And the I, new Sarah. I have no idea, but they got to take those belts off her because I want Asuka to... I don't want every title match she's in to be predictable because she has a tag team belt. And Kyrie's the same thing. She's an established single star. She is, and yeah. I, like <laughs> They do it all the time. Yeah, It's kind of frustrating. Yeah. Damn. But it, yeah, it was a fun match. Uh, up next, we had, obviously, close the show. Actually, I want you guys to start it because I, I, I'll just start going on a rant. Um, I'll start with Pegs. What were your initial thoughts? About the first 30 minutes were you surprised were you not i was uh i wasn't surprised and i loved every second of it just one after one who's gonna take on the beast first get the fuck out of my ring i'm the champion not a chance uh it was kind of like a gauntlet match you brought it up a little before but just seeing the one-on-ones kind of with uh brock seeing who can dethrone him kind of was really cool to me until so, like the real guys started to come out a little later on but yeah, yeah, I love the first half hour. Yeah, I'm with you. I liked it. Uh, the only thing I didn't like, John Morrison should have been saved for later on in the match after the first half. I think there's like two matches. The first 15 was one match, and then the second 15 was another Rumble match. So have Brock maybe throw out Dolph Ziggler or someone like that and have John Morrison have a nice run in it later on. But you had everything in this. You had Elias come out, get destroyed. Then you had that spot where Kofi came out, the crowd went crazy. Then Ray came out, and uh, Brock was having flashbacks of all those low blows and that pipe that he had. And Big E came out. They all uh, triple-teamed him and threw him all out. <laughs> then Keith Lee comes out after Ricochet, and the crowd just goes crazy. Uh, Brock Lesnar dancing to MVP's music. <laughs> had everything. But that spot with Ke- uh, Keith Lee and Brock, you see Brock looking at Paul Heyman. He's a big boy. Who's this motherfucker? He's going that. nuts. There's a ton of little moments in that first half. Like, it's very exciting just to see who can actually step up to him. And I think the crowd just ate it up. Just a shame Bobby wasn't in that because of the stupid storyline with Rusev. They took him out the match and uh, said, oh, yeah, they had a fight outside. And uh, they're out of the rumble. It's kind of pissed about that. Maybe uh, they were doing that to protect Lashley. Ooh. 
Yep. MVP beatdown clan TNA. They're gonna make a comeback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, like the match. Okay, I I, I knew that Lesnar would. I said last week he would break the record, and he tied it with thirteen. Um, so kudos to me for that. Okay, um, when Elias came out at number two, I was upset because they did that last year. And yeah. I'm like, you could start it off. You could have done Matt Riddle. Couldn't done something different. You didn't. You bring the stupid guitar back. I don't care. I'm not. I'm sorry. Elias to me is a flat out bust. Get out of WWE. Save your fucking career. I mean, God, this guy was supposed to be something by now. Now he's a joke. He's getting hit with his own guitar. Him as a face to me is just so weird. Um, like for me, starting the match, it was funny, but it could have been so much better. And then you bring Eric Rowan out, and he just gets dumped. And, like, again, I don't know what the hell's in that little thing he carries, but maybe he should have maybe opened it up and <laughs> distracted Brock. I don't know. The um, magic trick. And then, of course, at number four and five, you have two amazing wrestlers in Robert Roode and John Morrison. And they last a total, probably combined, of 30 seconds. And then Kofi came out. And that was when I thought maybe the match would start. And then Ray came out. Then Biggie came out. And then, of course, he eliminates all three of them. And I'm like, okay, are we going to have a match? And then, of course, Cesaro. And I'm like, okay, maybe this is a – maybe Paul Heyman could turn me. No, nothing. Throws him out again quick. <laughs> Shelton comes out. That was probably the best oh, out of all of the individual ones. Like, Brock's like, <laughs> hey, my brother. He comes in and then just, yeah, you can't trust Brock Lesnar. Throw, throw him out. And then MVP, another, you know, a nice moment returning by dumped like nothing. And then, of course, Keith Lee at 13 comes out. And that's when the rumble kind of started gelling. Braun Strowman at 14, three big fucks in at once. And then, of course, Brock Lesnar. Of course, you, you know, there's always, you know, those big showcase moments, the two big fucks just teetering over. Brock fucking eliminates both. And then I think I looked at this guy and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Again, we're doing this. Ricochet comes out. And then that's when I knew. As soon as Ricochet came out, I knew something was up because you brought it up last week. Oh, Ricochet this, Ricochet that kind of you. I remember you were like, yeah, maybe he can eliminate him. Maybe they can do something. And then, of course, when Brock's looking for Drew, Ricochet with a big fat punt to the nuts. (laughs) And Drew eliminates Brock to probably the biggest pop of the night. And uh, from there on out, it was all Drew. Uh, but again, another thing that upset me, the Miz comes out and Drew just eliminates him in 30 seconds. It's just one of those where it's a Royal Rumble match turned to a gauntlet match. And in my lifetime, when I've watched Royal Rumble matches, for the most part, there's at least five people in the ring at once. So I understand the moments, like going one-on-one with Brock. He's the champ. He's the guy that's been running WWE for two decades. But at the same time, I feel like they could have gone with it a little differently. Like you can maybe start it off with like Rey Mysterio or Matt Riddle at number two, and that can really kick things off. Or fuck, maybe maybe you could even go with Braun Strowman at number two, and you could really make Brock's time, you know, starting like actually tough instead of Elias. And all these other guys, you know, coming out and just being dirt. The way so. I kind of see it is Brock killed the first half, Drew killed the second, and then they're going to fight at Mania. So to me, it was the perfect Royal Rumble match. 
you and Shinsuke when he came in, that was a nice moment. Their history in New Japan. Yeah, but, uh, gone. I thought that was going to last longer. You just tossed him over after the Kinshasa kick, and uh, that was over. But, yeah, I see what you meant there. And uh, But when Drew came out, or no, the other spot too with the New Day, where he jumped off Big E's back like a friggin' animal and clotheslined Kofi and threw him out, that was crazy. Uh, yeah, just they should have had maybe John Morrison. That was the only one that really was puzzling should have been later in the match because could have been a bigger deal it came back he's won both his matches his entrance the crowd liked it when he came out that was like a big deal and yeah now i don't know where they go from here with him yeah him and eric rowan were the quickest both at like seven seconds i think him and the miz they got tossed out right away so yeah just pick it up with the tag division that night didn't happen like like now like the more i think about it like it makes sense now like you said drew dominated the second half i don't i think he had six eliminations i think yeah six eliminations and brock had 13 and makes sense though there's so much star power there you want more out of people yeah like that's that i think that was my biggest thing it was revolved based around two people that was literally it and it kind of dampers the you know the whole how the whole wwe locker rooms looked at like the final four people were in it for less than three minutes like kevin owens main event player alistair black eventual eventual main event (laughs) samoa joe legend seth rollins see his role in this made sense comes out with the four guys gets the heel he you know makes it a big fat joke the thing that I loved was when he looks in the corner, he looks at Rome, he's like, we got this. <laughs> We're going to take them all. Yeah, like old times. Seth, so gee, I love that. Like when he's comically there, unreal. But of course, you already know what I'm going to say. The thing that made the match for me, Edge coming back. And he just, I, the, 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 the confrontation that killed me was when Randy came out, looks at Edge, he's like, you shredded. <laughs> <laughs> and the, yeah, like that, that to me was incredible. And the fact that Edge was in the final four, final three, actually, it was it was amazing. He was, I think he lasted the third longest. And uh, now, now we all know that Edge is here. He's here for real. He, it was not a one-off. So uh, that's that just makes me smile even more. But uh, Drew McIntyre winning was, uh, I like when he eliminated him, when he eliminated Brock. And Seen as there was basically obvious, there was no one else in the ring. It was him and Ricochet. I think he actually threw him out right after that. He was just staring at Brock yeah. and like, like staring at him, like I'm gonna fucking kill you. Like, <laughs> like that title's mine now. So that that was pretty cool to see. I was waiting for Brock though to kind of now make sense that he didn't. I was waiting for him to kind of fuck him up at some point. Like maybe even like bring him outside and like give him an F5 on the outside, but. It's funny because into going into this match, he wasn't a face by any means. Drew McIntyre, he was like a tweener, but now you could now he's a full full on baby face. Probably had the biggest pop on Monday night and on Sunday. So now we could talk quickly about Monday Night Raw. Um, I want to talk about what happened with Randy Orton and uh, an Edge, the concerto, because that's that's what Randy does. He doesn't forget. He takes people's things and he does it, and he's a fucking snake. He's he's the viper. What were your thoughts on this? Brought back some nostalgia. The thing that I loved the most actually was <laughs> Edge comes in and you know they they hug it out and he's like yeah let's let's do rated RKO one more time, and then he's just like no RKO and that was it. Um, what were you guys thoughts though on that segment? 
Are you excited for Randy Orton versus Edge, WrestleMania? I'm, uh, yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, I don't know if they'll drag it out till Mania. I think Edge can do a couple programs. Still a few months away. But, uh, yeah, just you brought up that scene when he said you want to do rated RKO. I was telling you on the way here. And they zoomed out to the crowd and everyone's doing the yes chant. And Edge looks like he's about to cry. And, like, I kind of turned into, like, my eight-year-old self. I'm like, this is fucking incredible. Hits him with the RKO. I'm like, piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I turned into a kid again. You got me. And then you just shit on me. But, uh, yeah. Piece uh, of shit. And I turned into my 20-year-old self. And I'm looking forward to this now. It's <laughs> so much history. Uh, Edge cutting the promo before oh, that. The guy still got it. These two are amazing. Let's go. Yeah. I love it. And uh, it's good for Edge. Because his last match was against Alberto Del Rio. For fuck's sakes. And he can finally <laughs> put that behind him. If, like, going on another program, what better way than at WrestleMania with Randy Orton? Probably the one of the best in the business right now still. And they can pick up that program right where they left off, rated RKO. They never really had that end to their feud. And once uh, this kicks off now, you got Edge back full-time or as a part-time role. I uh, can get more out of him. Orton, that sick fuck, what he did <laughs> with that chair. I love it. He was debating on just sandwiching his head and stomping on it on the neck. But he's like, I'm going to do some more. Put it under him and give him a concerto right on his brain. So what a good guy he is. I think uh, another thing that I liked too was after, like, uh, Zack Ryder tweeted out. He's like, I'm not going to forget what you did to Edge. Um, so maybe we could see Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder getting them getting involved here, and maybe we could even see Orton bring back a couple of a uh, couple of old tag team partners. Uh, can't bring back Cody. You can't bring out. You can't <laughs> bring back Cody Rhodes, but there's a couple guys that he can bring back. Gotta look hard for Ted. He's on some lake somewhere fishing. Pro- gotta oh. bring back the nature. There it is. You gotta bring back. You gotta bring back Triple H, man. <laughs> you just gotta. You gotta do it. He's probably looking. He's like, oh shit, Evolution. Damn. Uh, Batista's retired. Ric Flair's seventy fucking five. I've run out. Of, I've run everyone out. <laughs> <laughs> like Randy's probably looking in the mirror. He's like, shit, I'm old now too. Like I, I've been in this. I've been here for freaking two decades. But or you can bring back John Cena. Yay. <laughs> I thought John Cena was probably going to be in the Rumble, too. I yeah. had I had like that. Like, I'm like, okay, maybe because fucking R-Truth kept bringing him up. I'm like, maybe he'll be in it. <laughs> Wasn't in it. Was it me or did they take a lot of guys who were confirmed for the Rumble of the match? Well, Rusev was confirmed. Yeah, Rusev. Buddy, I think, was confirmed. Tucker and Otis. And they show the first initial thing. Like, these are all the guys. And your first thought's like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's like there's 25 of them. I see, I see Titus on there. There's no way. <laughs> Apollo Crews and... Like Cedric Alexander, like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I don't know, man. Mustafa yeah. Ali wasn't in there. Oh, kind of yeah. He's, he's had a good uh, run and then been derailed a little bit. Kind of sad for him. Seamus wasn't in there. That, yeah, I, that, that I, I, thought, I thought he would be in it, too. I mean, Morrison should have been the same thing. Yeah. Come in at a good time, wreck some havoc, and then... I think should have took out the OC, Seamus, and... Uh, Rusev, Bobby, take out maybe someone else. That's what I mean. Like, you, you had a lot of big-time names that weren't in it. I would have been fine if Sheamus had a one-on-one with Lesnar and lasted 20 seconds but still had that uh, 
all the crowd behind him just for that time. Shorty G wasn't in it. <laughs> no, man, I feel like if that would be 20 seconds, I would lose my shit. Not like what happened to Rowan, clothesline out. Like a nice little brawl, go back and forth, and, and then... Like a suplex, and then bye. Like miss a bro <laughs> kick, and take yourself out the match. Yeah, you know. Like, I think the thing that pissed me off the most was when John Morrison came in, I think he, I think he punched him, and literally Brock right away just turned him around, did the suplex over the rope. Like, he didn't... He did I, I, like at that point in time, it felt like he didn't even want to work with him. He got in the ring. He's like, oh, no, 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 just like get that, get, get out of here. Like, I don't recognize you. You're going yeah. over. <laughs> no, he Not recognized like a, him. He was like, oh, oh yeah, John Moore. Oh yeah. Or was that MVP? I don't remember. One of them came out. He was like, oh, I know who you are. <laughs> okay. You know what would have been fucking hilarious? Kurt Angle coming out. Oh. <laughs> like number four. Brock looks. Oh, you're old, man. I gotta throw you over. He's gonna <laughs> toss him out of here. Shane would have been jokes if he came out and went into the ring, did that like hop thing, the shuffle with those punches, and just clotheslined him out. They should have had a Shelton and Angle come back to back. Oh, world's greatest <laughs> tag team. Instead, just F5 Shelton, have him sit in the corner for a bit. Then Kurt comes out, and then they can double team him. You know what? That would have been, yeah, that would have made, it would have been Kurt Hawkins. It would have been him to get that. Um, or Heath Slater, someone of that. Um, but the one thing I wanted to bring up with the Rumble was AJ got eliminated kind of like nonchalantly. And I looked at this guy, I'm like, wait, Edge just eliminated AJ Styles at like the 17th spot. And then I knew, I'm like, something, something's up here. And, of course, we get the update that he's probably missing WrestleMania. We'll see, but he's probably missing WrestleMania. Um, another thing that also happened, injured Samoa Joe on Raw. And, of course, Andrade now being suspended because he didn't pass the wellness policy. That was – so that's why he got destroyed on Raw because I remember I, I looked at the results. I was like, wait. Carrillo just did this to Andrade? Like, what the hell? Like, okay. And then I look, oh, yeah, Andrade failed the wellness policy. I'm like, okay. So, Alino, why do you think he failed the wellness policy? Do you think he's just trying to get some vacation time? Or do you think he's on some roids? <laughs> Probably a little bit of both. But maybe maybe Ric Flair. What a <laughs> great what a drink. great father-in-law. Just say, here, take some, take some steroids. Just give you energy on. for your promo. <laughs> woo, woo, woo. <laughs> this line right here. You do that. And woo, you can go in your promo, and they'll all be talking about you. Woo. But yeah, Andrade probably looked at his calendar. He saw what was announced, Crown Jewel. He looked and uh, fuck that. Circle that. <laughs> I'm done for the month. Yeah, yeah. Nice little way to go out, though. That was a solid match. Enjoy the month. Humberto. <laughs> I mean, um, apparently, I think the what I was reading before the pod went up was Vince wanted him – like after he found out, he wanted him to relinquish the title, but Paul Heyman apparently said no. Like I'm really confident in him. Don't don't take the belt off him. Just have him serve the suspension as a lesson. There will be no U.S. title for a month. And again, that devalues the belt already. So, you know what though? Will you even notice? <laughs> no. <laughs> but again, like we're talking about. Um, well, I was on Sunday with everyone. I think it was Carabetta. He asked me. He's like. Oh, like Shinsuke, he's the IC champ. I really like his belt. I look at him, I'm like, yeah, see, if you didn't tell me that, I wouldn't have known he was the IC champion. <laughs> like, I literally would not have known. He comes out with Sami Zayn with the belt in the last 10 seconds. So, I don't know what the 
the creative team thinks of the mid they clearly don't give a shit about the ic or the u.s title at this point in time they're two freaking belts wwe tv you would think especially now with fox and changing the belts design that they would do something with them but who knows maybe they'll just feed shinsuke to braun Strowman at wrestlemania and that'll be it i don't know braun always seems to get shafted this time of year oh oh <laughs> what did i say last week no hope no, <laughs> no hope for Braun Strowman anymore. Like matches, even though. even uh, even when he came out at fourteen in the Rumble, I think it was you or Carabetta. They looked like okay, here we go, and then he got a little. I'm like, come on, go for what? Like, like Braun Strowman, man, this guy. Like he could have had the ball three years ago. You should have had the ball yeah. three years ago. You should have, and and just didn't. That's I well. Is there anything else we really need to talk about with wrestling? Um, actually, yeah, I, uh, Finn Balor, another guy. I thought he'd be in the Rumble, was not in it. Like that, to me, he was my runner-up winning it. Ooh. Roman Reigns was my initial winner, and Finn Balor was my runner-up. Because, I, like, you, you got to remember, Finn Balor worked with both of them, The Fiend and Brock Lesnar. And you could easily work, you could go around with both of them. But apparently the original plan, Vince, was was that Roman Reigns is going to win this Rumble. Thank God he changed his mind. <laughs> and, yep. And what did I what did I send you? Roman Reigns' last uh, – f- do you want me to tell you his uh, accolade? Like his, uh, his stats in the Rumble? Since he's come in the Rumble. So 14, runner-up, lost to Batista. 15, he won. 16, third. 17, final. 18, final. 19, not in it. And 20, final. That is insane. <laughs> they love him in the creative department. <laughs> Randy Orton won by last eliminating Roman Reigns. Shinsuke won by last eliminating Roman Reigns. And now Drew McIntyre by last eliminating Roman Reigns. Is it safe to say, do they do this just so the winner can get a bigger pop? Is that is that, is that that it? It seems that way because when you look at the three guys that won and the situations that they're kind of in, like Shinsuke and Drew, they're still trying to get over as main event guys. And if you're going to eliminate Roman in that spot, That's that'll it. fucking do it. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that was awesome. And, of course, it's not going to be Edge. Like, you're not going to have Drew eliminate Edge because they want Drew to be the face, so you're not going to eliminate Edge. But the way Edge got eliminated was, to me, uh, damn. It's okay. A little underwhelming, too. <laughs> like, when he got eliminated, I was like, you could have done two Claymore kicks right there, and that's it. But instead, you just have Edge just flounder. Like, oh, I lost my balance. Um, I'm gone. kind of like that. He just like kicked them. I've never seen it before. Just kicked them from underneath. He's like, oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, freaking uh, Roman's like <laughs> to see it in like the second last elimination. You're probably like, okay. But yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Could have, could have, could have been a little better, but that whatever. Was like double claymore took them both. Yeah, out. that would have, yeah, that would have been done. That would have been nice. Oof. That claymore to Roman though, put him out. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> I'll say, I'll, I'll, the thing I'll say about Roman, one of the best at selling when it matters. Oh, do you right remember the, the, do you remember the Kinshasa when he got fucking leveled he by Shinsuke? He his neck taking a fucking back bump. <laughs> like he bro- I'll never forget that, too. I think uh, who, who were the final three that year? It was Shinsuke, Cena, and Roman. And Roman <laughs> threw Cena out, and everyone panicked. <laughs> Everyone's like, no, 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 no. And then he, I think he went for the spear, and that was when Shinsuke just Kinshasa, and you saw Roman's neck just... Oh, when he... When he- when he first dodged the spear and he backed up like Shinsuke style, yeah. the crowd just fucking lost it there. And when he turned around, no, I think it was, 
No, he was going for the spear. I'm pretty sure they yeah, were. Yeah. They both went off the ropes. <laughs> he did the and like you saw Roman's just neck just snap back. He got up and then just threw him, and the crowd just lost their shit. Um, yeah, kudos to Roman for always being in that role, and it works. And what would the reaction be if Roman was in the final two with John Cena? Who would you go for? Oh my God! It would probably be John Cena in 2018. It would probably would have been John Cena. Or if it happened now, <laughs> probably John Cena. Still John Cena <laughs> to get his third Rumble to tie Stone Cold and Shawn Michaels. It'd be pretty jokes, not gonna lie. If John Cena were to win now at this stage in his career, kind of like how Batista won it in like 2015. It's like you never think he'd win it again, and he won it. Or 2014. Honestly, I'd probably just join in on the booze and not pick a side. I mean, no. I'd go Reigns. Yeah, I'd probably go with Roman. But again, it'd be Roman versus The Fiend or Roman versus a guy we've seen him face like just too many times. A, a final three. You got John Cena, Roman, and a fan favorite like Daniel Bryan. They both throw Daniel Bryan and let oh. the crowd decide who I think, I think that's. I think that. I think at that point, that's when it becomes Royal Rumble 14, 15, yeah, where it doesn't matter. You're getting booed. It doesn't matter. Was that the – what was the year Ryback came out last? Thirteen. Him, yeah. Sheamus, and Cena, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> we were in the theater for that. I remember yeah. that. And uh, everyone thought, okay, The Rock is going to face Cena. Unfortunately, you got Ryback who should have won. He's the most over guy in this match, and they fucked that you up. You know who was number four in that? Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. Uh, you know who was number five? Jericho. <laughs> and he was at number two that year. I'll never forget how sweaty he was, Jericho, when he got eliminated. I was like, holy man, you gotta, gotta fucking go to the back, take a break. Surprise entrance. Surprised they kept that under wraps. Yeah, him and Ziggler were one and two, and they friggin' went the distance. And then, of course, the final three. Yeah, let's have it be the three biggest baby faces. Yeah. What? That's that's what I thought of when you said Cena, Reigns, and I guess Brian. Like, just Ryback, Sheamus. I remember remember (laughs) at that point, when we were in the theater, I'm like, okay, Cena. If he wanted to be a, the most – like we knew he was winning. It was the most predictable – one of the most predictable Royal Rumbles. Ryback, I wasn't sold on. I'm like, hey, if this guy wins, I think it's a mistake. And then, of course, Sheamus. There's no way he's winning back-to-back. There's, there was no way. It's like if Strowman were to come out at 32 years ago. Yeah. It's like there's a chance, but probably not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that'd be like seeing Dean Ambrose, Roman Reigns, and like Bray Wyatt in the ring. And then you have Strowman come out at 30. It's like, ah, okay. We already know it's probably going to be Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose, the final two. The other two can just kind of fuck off. So that's that's kind of where we, where we have been at the last couple of years with Reigns. Like just being in the final three, it's going to happen. Unless he has a WWE title match. We, we don't know. But, um, yeah, with that being said, that's probably it. I'd have no idea what kind of plans are paving the – because, again, we I've heard that Charlotte might be facing Ray Ripley at WrestleMania. I have no idea. Becky Lynch, I want to see her lose the belt. As soon as possible, I feel like she held it too long, and uh, the the crowd just. I'm invested in this cold green mist Oscar character. I I like, I love it. I think she should be holding the belt as the top heel. But uh, with that being said, I don't know if you guys want to talk hockey. We've been about 45 minutes. I just kind of end it there. <laughs> um, we can kind of end it there. Uh, but you know what? Nah, fuck it. I'm bringing up Rasmus Sandin. He scored his first goal. We got to appreciate him. He's got six points in ten games. Looks like he belongs. What are your thoughts, Pinello, on Rasmus Sandin? 
Oh, it's been a nice start to the NHL career. Saw a nice stint at the beginning of the year, thought he'd maybe stay with us, and then we got sent down, and we're like, oh, shit, he was doing good. <laughs> and then not much has changed. He's had a solid year in the AHL. Uh, we need him now more than ever, with Riley and Muzzin's just starting to come back Thank now. Thank God. So yep. Sandine picking up a lot of the load. Got the win against Nashville yesterday. So, yeah, perfect timing for Sandine. Yeah, Sandine's a stud. Thank God he uh, panned out. <laughs> Lilgren, unfortunately, it's a little slower to develop, but Sandine, at least you know next year for sure, he's starting and finishing the season with this team. They're not sending him down this year. I think, depending on where everything goes, trade deadline, still a lot of hockey to be played for the Leafs, a lot of time. Maybe they'll send him down again, but uh, I think he should stay for the rest of the year. Yeah, he, yeah. I don't. Dubis, remember when he traded down for Dermot? Yeah. And uh, that looked pretty good. Sandine also, he traded down for Sandine. And he I think he knew right away he was special. Because, like, no other GMs in that draft gave a shit about Sandine. You're telling me you're going to – what was it? He traded down, like, six spots. He's, I think he's done it every year. Like, so does he just – like, he definitely knew that no one was taking Sandine. The, the scouting report came out, too, when uh, they first recalled him. And they're like, why did Sandine drop? And it's the same thing every year. They're like, oh, it's just his size and his stature. Like, he's a fucking kid. They're all going to bulk up. They all bring different skills to the table. Like, I feel because like, you're 5'9", doesn't mean you should drop all this. Like, the talent's there. Roll with it. I feel like there's some GMs, they don't even go to the SHL to, like, scout. Like, they don't even give a shit. It's like, yeah, no, we're not going to go to Sweden. We're just going to stay in Russia. Or we're going to go to the queue. Like, who cares? Like... <laughs> Because some, you know, some GMs take first round. It doesn't matter where. First, 29, 30, 15. They take them seriously. So we all know that, like, you know, North American hockey is probably more well-known. So, but again, like, look what, look what happened with Nylander. Look at guys like Pasternak. You look at their draft sheet. It's like, yeah, it's seven points in 32 games. Like, how do you, how do you scout that? And you, you kind of don't. Like, you got to actually be there to witness it. And I feel like a lot of GMs. They just they kind of saw his name. They're like, yeah, okay, he's a D in Sweden. Nah, sure, we'll pass on him. So kudos to, to Dubis. He saw something in Sandin, and he rolled with him, and he's looking way better than Logren, like way, way better. These um, are all good problems for us. Yeah. Good problems. Uh, he's definitely going to take CeCe's spot. CeCe's gone. Um, now it's just we have to play the wait and see game with Barry and Muzzin, and from there, we'll see uh, what our blue line looks like. But for now, we just got to pray that Sanding keeps us up. Muzzin comes back the same, and Riley just recovers. And, of course, we need Freddie to to be amazing. But uh, that's probably it for today. And, uh, yeah, stay tuned for next week. Um, again, RIP to the great Kobe Bryant. And uh, congrats on Charlotte Flair and Drew McIntyre winning the Royal Rumble. That's it for this week. Stay tuned.